No matter where your business is in Canada, connectivity shouldn't be a concern. Whether your business is rural, remote, or urban, reliable, scalable internet is available to you and your business. Explore Business is expanding our network. With our extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're able to bring you the connectivity your business deserves, with the ability to grow right where you are. With investments in fiber and 5G technology, Explore Business is your new choice for business internet. Get connected with Explore Business today. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, we'll speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. We'll examine issues, solutions, and hope outside of the city limits. Clearing a New Path podcast is an invitation to listen and learn along with me, on the road to building a more united, feminist, anti-racist rural Canada. One rooted in diversity and driven by reconciliation. Let's learn together, clearing a new path. Last week, my good friend Stella, a family farm honey producer in the prairies, told me about Freebrewery. She started to explain, and then she stopped me and said, I'm just going to send you this one minute video and it will explain everything. Basically, it's a low investment campaign for producers who want to expand their reach and grow their customer base, as well as sell products without spending a fortune on a digital advertising campaign or hiring staff to do those campaigns for them. Stella was thrilled to be participating in this now annual campaign in February and immediately saw the value in it for her as a producer, extending her reach through a Canadian national campaign, collaborating with other Canadian producers to grow each other's brands. So I reached out to Andrew Kinnear, the mastermind behind Freebrewery, to find out more about it. Andrew's family business, Yellow Fruit, is a vegan ice cream manufacturing company launched in 2019. He also consults with many brands and agencies in the field of marketing, digital, technology, and other areas. His career spans startups and big brands in numerous industries. Stella is the co-founder and innovator behind Sweet Pure Honey. Stella and her husband run their beehives out of Porcupine Plains, Saskatchewan, all while managing her online small business out of Medicine Hat, Alberta. She is passionate and dedicated to ensuring all farmers are paid fair value for their crops. After years of pandemic instability and a spring season described as one of the worst on record, 
Stella remains focused on recovery for her family, hives, and honey business. No stranger to adversity, the mother of three has shifted focus on working to support and amplify Indigenous entrepreneurs through experience in resource sharing. Stella believes that it is critical to not only rebuild her own business, but also to honor the TRC business calls to action in the process. Community and collaboration come naturally to the honey lady and help keep her focused on connection and providing pure products for consumers. Andrew, Stella, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to find out about Free Brewery. I had to share it with you. So I'm just as excited. It's incredible. And I can't wait for people to hear about it. Thanks for inviting me. Andrew, do you want to tell us what Free Brewery is? Certainly. So Free Brewery is a, a campaign, a month-long campaign designed to help small businesses and makers and brands in Canada to showcase their products to consumers that maybe haven't heard of them. And it sort of came about uh, at the beginning of the pandemic when all the grocery stores uh, stopped letting small brands like ours do demos in store and all the consumer shows um, canceled and sort of went online. Um, that made it really tough for new brands uh, to get the awareness and trial that they need to really grow. And so Freebuary was kind of an idea of like, what if we had a, a bit of a market, a bit of a uh, like a farmer's market, a consumer show, but totally digital where people could stumble onto new brands that they've never heard of and maybe find something they, they like. So that's sort of how it started. And the name really, you know, that's usually the next question, why Freebuary? And, you know, the name was, we want to own a month, right? We want to, we want to be the November or Veganuary of, uh, of, of February. And so February was a, was an idea that, that came from the, the, the concept of sharing and freebies and BOGOs and discounts. And just the idea that, you know, when you're done the holidays and everyone's broke, you know, we're all looking for a deal. So that's sort of how it came about. And who doesn't love free stuff? Right, right. Especially Canadians, you know, we're known for being lovers of deals and, and uh, always trying to find a discount. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, an opportunity for Canadians, consumers and makers. Where did the concept come from? I mean, did you come up with that on your own or did you see it somewhere or how, how did it, how did it come to you? I guess. No, I made it up. This is uh, as much as I use the, the terms we and us on the website, it's very much a, uh, a solo endeavor at this point. I've had a few people help out over the last couple of years. But no, I came up with the idea. I used a, a website that I already knew how to how to run, and and you know, so there wasn't a lot of development work, but a little bit. And I'm nerdy enough to handle that. And then um, just sort of my my network, my marketing background, and a lot of the the people and entrepreneurs that I've met along you know quote unquote along the way have gotten behind the idea and and were supportive. And from there, we just kind of grew it. And I say, I still use we, you know, um, you know, we took it from an idea into a, a launch in, in 2020. And Stella Sane is the one that brought 
it, it to me because I I hadn't seen it before. She sent me the one minute video, mm-hmm. and she instantly understood how impactful it was for a producer like herself. Stella, do you want to talk about how you immediately understood what it meant to you? Well, I think if you're an entrepreneur, you have to resonate with what Andrew is saying. Small business, certainly producers, anyone who actually makes their product with their own hands, that is a 100% family-owned business, People just don't understand what the pandemic did to our cash flow, to our business. As Andrew mentioned, you know, we're honey producers. So in order for people to purchase our raw honey, because we are a premium brand, we are slightly above cost of what most consumers would spend, they have to taste it to understand. And when that ability was taken away to offer samples, it really left us, how do we sell a premium product in the middle of a pandemic? And, you know, the thing about small business, what people don't understand, and that's what this video captured, Andrew directly speaks to you as a consumer, letting you know your one purchase really does make a difference to me and my business. I think that's the biggest thing why this appealed to me. Every single person has the ability to vote with their dollar. And I don't need a million orders a day. I need a couple orders a day. So if every Canadian, like this video says, just says, I'm going to just commit to trying one new brand, what that would mean for my small business, even if I got a couple new customers from this launch. We're in the same boat. I'll just jump on that one. Um, so, so this came from my family business, which is yellow fruit, a, a non-dairy ice cream. We're in the same boat. We, we make a product that, you know, you really need to try it to understand what it's like because it's a banana-based ice cream. So people, you know, they can picture that, but they don't really know what that tastes like until you taste it. And like what Stella said, I mean, it's, it's really tough to try to convince a million people. But if, if like a couple of people buy a pint um, and then tell a friend, like that's what small brands need. They need the word of mouth early on. And it gets really tough to, you know, spend thousands of dollars on Instagram or on Google to try to reach potentially thousands of people only for maybe one person to then buy a pint of ice cream or a, or a jar of honey. And so finding other ways, it's really about the craftiness, craftiness of entrepreneurs, right? Finding ways to reach people that doesn't you know, totally eat up all your margins. And so that's where, you know, founders helping founders and, and that sort of thing really resonates. Um, and, it, and it can be a very local thing, right? So, you know, I'm in Ontario. We were based in Toronto, but we ended up moving a little bit outside of Toronto. My market is Ontario. I'm appealing to consumers in Ontario and we're in stores that are in Ontario. We were national for a while, but it, it ends up being really expensive to try to market nationally. So we're, we're back to just sort of focusing on Ontario. But if you're the only brand from the Yukon Territory or from New Brunswick, and people from all across Canada are coming to this site for the giveaways, then, you know, all of a sudden that brand becomes, it resonates more, right? It's like, okay, this is my local thing. This is a maker in my neck of the woods that I can support. And it becomes 
support, support in, yeah, it becomes very personal. Yeah, exactly. So, and um, playing on what you're saying, this thing about trust, people trust consumers. Mm-hmm. I mean, reviews are number one. I'm, I'm not paying these people to say this. So when you find something, that was the other thing. I encourage everyone to go have a look at this one minute video because it encapsulates encapsulates what we've been trying to say and market for years. You have this power. You have this ability. When you find something you like, just tell your friends, tell your family, share it on your stories. Tell people. People trust you. They believe you. So if something's important to you, if helping support small local businesses in your province, if you really do care about bees and beekeepers, Share that with your family and friends. Tell them what you're passionate about. It costs nothing to share it in your story. And the thing that people don't realize right now with what's going on with algorithms, I just do not have the money to pay to be brought up in feeds. Most of our support and sales come from organic and organic nature. And that was the other thing that appealed to me about this. We've always given Every purchase who every person who purchases on our website free products. You're investing in our family farm. We've always given free samples and products with every order. And that's what struck me. Andrew knows very well offering someone free. That is your word of honor. That's your code as a producer. We would never sell anything that we would not eat or purchase ourselves. And I think that says a lot about this campaign. I am willing. Yes, you're going to invest in my farm. You're going to purchase one product, but I'm going to give it back to you in the form of free products. Who's offering that right now? Plus, you're paying fair living wages to the people making these products. And it's really time for Canadian consumers to decide, do you want producers? Do you want Canadian producers? Then you're going to have to start purchasing their products. I know you can get it cheaper somewhere else, but it's time for Canadians to start thinking about purchasing from online stores and websites from producers and really supporting the Canadian economy. I directly give back to my community. We are, we honor the business calls to action. Every small business you support takes that money and generates it and puts it back into real people in their community. And, it's time for Canadian consumers to start asking, what do you want from a producer? What do you want from your products? You have that power now. We're all fighting for your dollar. So why not vote for what you actually want to see? Wow. <laughs> that's a that's a living, breathing testimonial right there. Uh, <laughs> let me back up a little bit. And can you explain how it works for producers, Andrew, and how it works for consumers? Sure. From a from a producer point of view, manufacturers and makers, um, there's a couple of different functions, I would call them, for this campaign. So one is a profile on freebuary.ca, and that profile comes from content that the makers submit to me. So I'm not inventing any of this stuff. Um, Stella would have filled out a big form and, and submitted photos and, you know, perhaps videos and background and story. And sort of the more that the maker or, or brand puts into their profile, the more robust it is. Um, some people are a little 
bigger and they have a marketing person that just sends the standard stuff. Other people pour their their hearts out. You know, it's it's a bit of a mishmash. And I think that's kind of what makes it cool. It gives it that sort of farmer's market feel. So, so the first part of it is that profile. So every brand has this page. That's really where the consumers are discovering uh, the different brands after they enter a draw. So I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. So the second way that the, um, that the brands participate is really by sharing the campaign themselves. So if you think about how you know, a, a honey producer in the prairies might have an audience, I'm just going to make up numbers, they might have an audience of a thousand emails that they can email once a month saying like whatever the new thing is or what they're supporting or, or whatever. But a granola bar company in Toronto might have a hundred thousand emails. By having both brands share the fact that they're participating in the campaign, both benefit, both brands benefit from each other's audiences. So it's sort of like the sum of the the parts is more than the total um, or the total is more than the sum. Whatever that saying is where, you know, one plus one equals three. We, we get more out of it by everyone sharing. And so into that loop, we also add uh, additional support from people who aren't really trying to sell anything. They're, they're organizations that are supporting small business. There are organizations that support independent retail or there are suppliers that want to ultimately want to sell to brands, but they also understand that their ecosystem is reaching consumers. So an example might be sampler or cattle or field agent. So these are companies that have mobile apps or reach, you know, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of Canadians in different ways, right? They might do surveys, they might send samples, they might have people do tasks in retail, like take pictures. But the point is, they have a way, they have an audience already, right? So they can reach thousands and thousands of people. And so when they tell their audience, hey, we're supporting Freebuary, go check out all, all these cool brands, maybe buy something, that would be a great way to support them. That adds a ton of gas to the fire, right? So they are injecting this energy into the loop of brands supporting themselves and other brands and also these you know sort of sponsor supporters injecting whether it's media or direct contra like they you know if they have an audience and they can tell them so that's that's sort of from my point of view i'm i have these three constituencies i'm trying to get brands to support themselves and each other that's sort of the one audience i'm trying to get sponsors slash supporters slash media to inject you know and add fuel to the fire and then the consumers are kind of the easiest group to reach which is basically like we have these big giveaways you can win a ton of free stuff all you have to do is fill out a form and we have 12 draws or this year we're doing 11 draws in the month just because of how things worked out and so usually once the consumers realize oh okay it's like an awesome draw and all i have to do is put in my info and check out some brands. And that becomes the mechanism for them to discover these brands. They're brought in with a giveaway, February, it makes sense. And then they discover these brands, maybe they find a deal or a discount, or maybe they just discover something uh, in their neck of the woods, right? They find a local brand that they hadn't heard of and they want to support them. So there's, there's sort of all these uh, secondary benefits that come from just participating. So I sort of jumped around a bit there, but th those are sort of the three buckets that that make this work. And from a maker point of view, 
it's really like whatever you give, you get. Like the more that you get into it, the more it works for you. Um, and, a, and a lot of people get that. And sometimes, you know, people will sign up and then not do anything. And they think, you know, that the campaign is going to work for them. And, you know, you'll get a little bit of spillover and, and buzz. But for the most part, like you need to talk about it. It becomes the thing to talk about in February when, you know, as a brand, you might have nothing to say other than Valentine's Day special. You know, that becomes the only thing you talk about in February sometimes. So this becomes like a little bit of a bigger, more community focused thing that they can talk about. And to add to that, talking about the community, that's where the stories come in. If it sounds like I'm passionate, I am. When you're the maker, when you're the owner, this isn't some shtick that we're doing. This is an actual living, breathing, small business, in our case, family-owned farm. And now's your opportunity to find out the story behind these brands. And like Andrew's saying, I mean, what else are we doing in February? So why not take this opportunity to share these brands and these stories? I do dig a little deeper into the brands, the family businesses, the entrepreneurs. We do a, a video podcast series on YouTube. And I did about 30 interviews last year. It was, it was a ton of work. But, you know, as you know, Shauna, it's a lot of fun. And I basically asked these makers, these brand owners, how they got started with their specific business and, and what do they love about it and what are the challenges. And, you know, just we sort of meander for a few minutes and, and it's a way to shed a little bit more light beyond just the marketing of a brand. You get to kind of meet the owners, meet the founders, understand the journey they're on. Mostly for the reason of if I see how much somebody has put into something, okay, I'll go try their chips or their hot sauce or whatever. Like it, it gives me that little uh, endorphin rush of like feeling good when I finally shell out eight ninety nine for, you know, an awesome hot sauce or something. Though that interview series that we did last year, we're going to do that again. We usually pick that up in the middle of the month as like a way to add more content to what we're talking about and, and sort of give another reason for consumers to come back to to the site. We'll make sure we drop the the link to that in for sure. Awesome. And for all the foodies, everyone loves the backstory around spices, wines, cheeses. This is your opportunity to find out about the brand. I mean, let's face it, when you're entertaining, even for thoughtful gifts, it really does say something when you intentionally purchased a product that appeals to someone's conscious or ego or if they're into supporting fair trade or green products like now is your chance to become savvy as a Canadian consumer and really see what Canadian brands have to offer we're amongst some of the most innovative green forward-thinking makers and I really think that Canadians if they give Canadian brands a chance look for that symbol look for made in Canada we are so proud of what we make. Anyone who produces their own product or food will tell you. So start reading the labels. And I love that this is encouraging people to find out about the actual makers, who's actually making the products. Let me ask you if people can still get in on it. Like, I mean, when did you start that process for for February? Like, did you start back in December or how, how does that work? As you can imagine with busy entrepreneurs, most of our signups come in the two weeks leading up to February. 
So even though I start talking about it in November and then I try to talk a bit more in December and I'm getting sponsors on board and mostly December, January ultimately becomes when a lot of the entrepreneurs will get around to signing up and, and getting their profile in. Um, so there's still time. I mean, I'm still constantly putting in profiles um, right up until we start and even some after, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if you if you get your stuff in on the 2nd of February, you can still kind of catch some of the buzz. Although a lot of the sponsors will launch, you know, major email campaigns within the first week to really, you know, get people in on board uh, for the first draw and that sort of thing. So you might miss that first wave if you're if you're slacking off when it comes to signing up. How has it grown from coast to coast to coast? And what how did you do the first year? How you know, how has it grown? So 2021, we had just had a year of 2020 pandemic, right? Everyone is like from restaurants to brand owners, we were all, you know, all over the place. So it's February of 2021. And I kind of just opened it up. I was like, anybody who wants to put a deal up, let's put a deal. And it was sort of like very loosey goosey, wide open with the same mission. But you know, there was a Mr. Sub in Kitchener, who was like, we want to give away a free drink for each sub. And, and so I was just like, okay, whatever. I, I just did it all. Very quickly realizing like, that doesn't really help very many people like it's cool that that small business owner is trying to do whatever they can to survive and and a lot of businesses went out of business in 2021 but what i realized was it could be more effective if we narrowed the scope so in 2022 so that would have been last year the scope narrowed to basically food and beverage and health and beauty and then i would say miscellaneous and so food and beverage, really easy, right? There's people with uh, hot sauces and granola bars and honey and you name it. Anything you can eat, almost everything you can ship became, you know, a little tricky for people in the fresh and frozen, but we would make do and I'll explain that in a sec. And then health and beauty is like, you know, skincare and soap and like stuff that people are making and they just need a way to get the word out about it. And in a lot of cases, you do need somebody to try like a lip gloss or whatever it is that you're selling to to fall in love with the brand and, and go from there. And in a lot of cases, the health and beauty brands are kind of built on the sampling model. They they make little versions of everything so that they can ship them and, and that kind of thing. So that worked out. And then the category of miscellaneous is sort of like um, anything from mobile apps to in some cases, like some kind of specialized clothing things like that. So there's a need for awareness and trial becomes not tasting it, but like trying it. If it's a mobile app that tells you whether or not your mole has skin cancer in it because it uses AI and like that kind of stuff, that's cool. And it's made in Canada and it's jobs in Canada. And so it all sort of still fit with the mission, small business, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it didn't neatly fit in a category, but it was cool. So we put it in. This year, I think we've we've narrowed the scope even more. It's still very much food and beverage, health and beauty. Um, and then there's a few outliers, you know, a financial service trial, something. Um, but for the most part, we're still very much food and beverage, health and beauty. So you might say, well, like, is everyone shipping something free? Is, is for a consumer, do they get something free from every company? The answer is no. It's actually, in a lot of cases, it's a buy one, get one, or it might be a discount. It could be a free sample. It could be a coupon for a freebie. So it's really up to the business to decide how to run their business. I didn't want to make something that was uh, highly constrained to one way of executing a promo. 
But then the flip side is like, we're a frozen food business. I was never going to ship ice cream. It was always going to be, you know, collect your email and your address and send you a coupon so you can find it at retail. So that, that kind of thing really gave business owners the flexibility to give out a discount code if they were up and running with e-commerce at that point, or to do something like just collect shipping addresses and mail it out, or to just have a deal that was more campaign-based. So we're doing this deal uh, for our sauces in February for Freebuary, but really it applies to anyone who buys this off our website. They don't need a special code. We're going to put this special Freebuary um, additional thing, whatever it is, in with your order. So like every order gets this free thing. And that sort of mixes it up. That gives everybody an opportunity to participate while still having kind of the spirit of Freebuary without being too constrained to like, you have to ship me something for free. Because the other thing is, maybe you guys have seen this too. When I first kind of got into this business and saw how consumers respond to freebies and discounts and contests, if you open up a web form for a contest, you inevitably will get fraud. You'll get people entering like 20 times for something. So we had to find a way to really make it where it wasn't going to hurt these small businesses as well. So that, I, you know, I kind of needed to look through the, the lens of that as well. But for the most part, it's up to the, um, it's up to the brands to decide how they want to participate. And that was also very refreshing because as a producer there, we just have a price point we have to make. And the application was very easy to fill out very minimal fee to be involved. And I love that it allowed me to decide what I wanted to give. So in our case, we, with every purchase of anything, a jar of honey, anything, we're going to give free samples that will ship with an order. And like Andrew said, it puts it on you to come up with what's going to work for your company. This is really about supporting Canadian business and brands. And that was so refreshing to be able to decide what I want to offer. And Andrew provides many examples of what you can offer. So there's lots of different ways that you can give back to any Canadian consumer that is going to give you a try. Andrew, what were your biggest obstacles when you started out? I mean, what, what did you have to overcome? And did everyone understand it? Did everyone understand? <laughs> like, was it hard to explain? Because... Stella said to me, you got to hear about this. Wait, no, I'll just send you that one minute video. Yeah. that, And then you'll totally get <laughs> that, it. That video certainly uh, makes it easier to, to get the, to get the gist of it. Uh, in the first, when, to answer your question about obstacles, in the first sort of go around, it was tough to convince everyone who I was talking to of what it was that I was talking about, because it wasn't just like a red flag deals type, you know, here's a discount. It was more like there's a bit of a purpose. It's only for a month. Um, we're not trying to be like a, a thing that's all year round. It's really a campaign. So that's the first part of it. And then the whole concept of the stone soup and how like if you don't put anything into this, then you won't really get much out of it. Um, and and I don't know if the stone soup idea, if we've talked about that at all, but I can, I can sort of tell you the story. So my daughter has this book she loves um, and in it, and I, I forget what the book is, but there, some author came out. I didn't come up with this. This is definitely not my original thinking, but the idea was 
um, based on an old fable where, you know, these two people show up to a village, all they've got is an empty cauldron. Um, and they tell everyone in the village, like, hey, we're having a party tonight and we're going to provide the soup. All you have to do is come. And so they fill it up with water. They put a big stone at the bottom of this cauldron and they light a fire and everyone's like, what's this all about? Oh, we're having a party. Oh, can I, you know, can, can I bring anything? And, you know, so these people say, well, I mean, if you, if you threw a couple of bones in, right, they say to the butcher, throw a couple of bones in to the, make the broth and it'll work out. Um, they say to the farmer, like, you know, whatever veggies you got kicking around that you're not going to eat, like just we'll throw them in the soup. It'll make the soup better you know, to the shop owner, just, you know, dust off the spice shelf and we'll throw that in. It'll make the soup better. The, the purpose being like, it's not really costing you much to, to put into this um, mix what you would have thrown away anyway, or what you weren't really using or that you have. And so in the marketing context, these are your owned assets. So this is your email list or whatever. Right. And then by the end of it, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's tummies are full because they've all eaten lots of this soup. The soup ended up being amazing. It was way better than just the bones that I had lying around. So again, back to the brands, the more you put into this, the more the, the sort of more awesome it is for everyone. And so try to explain this concept in, in a very concise way to like 100 people or 200 people, or to explain it in, in 144 characters in a, in a LinkedIn message to somebody or, or whatever it sort of got tricky. And so um, what I thought is like, okay, well, you know what, I'll just, I'll just put the site up. I'll make my own profile. I'll just start talking about it. Like it's already a thing and see who can get on board. Um, and I, and that's why I said like the, for the first year I left it very loosey goosey and some people interpreted, you know, what we were doing in different ways. But at the end of it, it was like, yeah, we're Canadian supporting Canadian business and uh, let's all just help each other. You know, there's, it was very like, uh, rah rah touchy feely kind of you know what's good for everybody approach to it um, even though at the end of the day the marketing concepts at play are very much real right like if you have a if you have owned assets like an email list or you have a website that's getting a ton of traffic say you have a big email list but you don't have a, a social media following and say I have a social media following but I haven't been collecting emails well together we can reach a ton of people, but on our own, we're always reaching the same people. So, you know, that's every time I kind of explain that people go, oh, okay, I, I get it more and more. The more you're explaining it, the more I realize, oh, okay. So once you have a hundred brands all talking about the same month long thing that's happening and they're talking about to their consumers. So imagine you're a consumer and you get an email from one brand. It's like, we're doing this thing and it's awesome and it's freebie and you should check it out. And then five minutes later, you get another email from an entirely different brand that says, we're doing this thing for Freebie and It's extra awesome. You have to check it out. Pretty soon as a consumer, you're going to be like, wow, I guess Freebie is a thing and I better check it out. So, I mean, that's the that's the thinking behind it. It still takes a lot of work, but that's the thing. And also pulling you up in searches if we're all coming together as a united front using the same content uh, names, hashtags. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The more, the more people talk about it, um, the better things will rank and, you know, the more people will follow us on, uh, Instagram or LinkedIn or there's, there's sort of a dual audience, right? There's the business audience that we're trying to nurture to participate, but then there's also the consumer audience that 
we need because that's the whole point but also they're going to come sort of no matter what they're going to come because there's giveaways and fun stuff so the hard part is actually convincing the brand owners to you know take a little bit of time take a little bit of effort throw a, you know a freebie logo on something and put that on your instagram or in your linkedin feed or on tiktok or whatever your thing is um, and get the get the word out that way. So yeah, you're totally right. So. And really what we're talking about here is collaboration. And when you are a business who's community minded, I think really what I am excited about this is Andrew has opened up a whole new community for me to join and get to know. And not just in my local community, we travel across Canada, we do shows across Canada. Now I'm being open and exposed to a larger community of entrepreneurship, of like-minded individuals who, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to honestly market our great brands. And thank you, Andrew. I'm very excited about this. From the moment that I saw it, it was just, you get it. You totally get it. And I can't wait. I hope it works out. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I got nothing anything. to lose. I got nothing to lose. Well, so how many, can you tell me how many businesses you have like right now on your yeah, roster? Last year we had um, over 150 brands participating, um, which was good. We're hoping to, to do at least that this year, but also, you know, a lot has changed with the economy and with those businesses. It's sort of a different climate from a sampling point of view. So I'm I'm always hopeful, but also like if 50 businesses participate, great. If 300 participate, great. Um, but this isn't like a million businesses participate. This is still very much a, a homegrown kind of uh, thing here. Um, but it, in the tens of thousands of consumers um, is how many we're reaching. So we're really we're happy about that. And one more thing to point out here: every brand that is still in business, that is still standing, I think that really says something about brands that have made it to 2023. We have seen our most difficult years these past few years, and the pride that we have that we are still standing. So I'm really proud to be a part of this because we made it. We all made it another year, and. That's something to celebrate and really deserves attention. It definitely is. It's it, There's an emotional component to, you know, when I'm sending out emails, hey, are you going to participate this year? Oh, we've decided to close the business. And it's like, mm, that's, that sucks. I hear you. And that, you know, that wasn't one or two. That was like, you know, probably 10% of last year's businesses uh, are not participating for economic reasons. And it's sort of like, that sucks. It's it's not because of the campaign. It's like their their business is doing something, and yeah, it's it's sad. I was going to ask you when you hear Stella talking about how it builds community and and it, it expands her reach. How does that make you feel? Yeah, it makes me feel great. Um, I I feel the same way that probably some of the people that helped me and and our family business you know, five years ago when I got introduced to, you know, um, founders through uh, whether it was CHFA, the Canadian Health Food Association, who are our sponsor of February, or CFIB, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, who's a sponsor. 
um, or just through LinkedIn, like meeting other founders and seeing great things and learning from other founders. Like that is, that's really cool. I mean, ultimately you want your business to survive, but also sometimes it's lonely as a, as an entrepreneur, you don't have like a bunch of colleagues that you can stand around the water cooler or go out for coffee with. So finding other people in your shoes becomes, you know, how you can solve your problems. And, you know, if, if you're talking about packaging or something really boring with another entrepreneur, you know, whether you're saving money or you're finding a new supplier or whatever, it becomes uh, an outlet. And so that community that Stella talks about is, is very cool. I appreciate you. I appreciate this campaign and I can't wait to get the word out. I thank you both uh, today. Is there anything else you would like to say? Well, I'll just drop some uh, some links and stuff. So freebuary.ca is the website. Um, brands can go there to sign up. Consumers can go there to get on the email list. Um, we're on Instagram at freebuary Canada. Uh, we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash freebuary. So there's lots of great places that you can see the content, discover brands, find stuff to buy, buy some honey from Stella. And I want to say thank you, Shauna, because once again, you're amplifying Canadian voices that don't always get an opportunity to come forward. We all know people going through a hard time right now. Food is a great way to nourish someone's mind and body. So maybe you have an anniversary or a birthday coming up, just to think about it in different terms, not just for yourself, but also for gift giving. It's a really great idea and not only supporting businesses, but helping support the people in your family. Christmas is like 10 months away. So <laughs> get those gifts ready, right? <laughs> Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Shauna. Nice to meet you, Andrew. Nice to meet you in person. Solid. Cheers. Want to keep the conversation going? Subscribe to the Clearing a New Path newsletter. Drop me an email follow the podcast on social media, and or you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by The Hankering Studio. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Thames Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and Mississauga or neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to the studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. I will speak to many more people across Turtle Island this season, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of colonialism, the TRC's calls to action, and to reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth and Creator for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 